Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast is the darkest timeline. This week, climbing. Yes, I do mention in this, if you're not here for the climbing content, this one might be a bit of a tricky one to negotiate. It's not all climbing content, there is other stuff. Uh, we've got sickness. Uh, yeah. Um, it's it's all it's all there for a reason trust me stick with it you might find something i then spend a long time talking about games movies and tv if that's any consolation before we get started please do consider like share subscribe and comment leave a review where you can leave a review and the big one is that share part share that podcast around ladies and gents get it out there in the world it's the best thing you can do for the podcast Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the darkest timeline. Hello. <clears throat> Crack little voice uh, action there. It's one of those things. You're like, I'm ready. I'll just click the button. Let's get this going. Let's get this started. Then you realise you haven't said anything for like 15 minutes because you've been getting everything ready. Then you got croaky voice. So, there you go. Are you well? Are you fit and healthy? Are you good? I am not. Um, I'm not going to break down not break down but I'm not gonna start breaking down the uh, ins and outs of mental health or anything I'm just I'm in a lot of pain at the moment um one of those I could part of me want to say it's all self-inflicted whilst another part of me is like I mean you know I'm just doing stuff um so part of me feels like I shouldn't be in this much pain um but, you know, them's the breaks when you live the rock and roll lifestyle that I live. Um, little bit of a warning up front. Um, so, it's one of those things. There's a part of me that wants to say, oh, I haven't got a lot to talk about this week. There's a part of me that wants to say, what I have got to talk about this is, a lot, is a lot to do with climbing. Um... But, in a way that's true, and in a way it's actually the opposite of that. Um, so, if you've been listening for the last few weeks, and you're starting to get annoyed with the climbing stuff, I apologise, but what I will say is this, any mention of climbing in this episode is... It's more about something else than the actual climbing. It's more about strangely mental not mental health but the mental side of things the way we think about things the way we do things because of our minds um tv it's here movie yes uh computer games yes so even if you just want to like fast forward to the end if you really can't sit through the climbing stuff 
I'll light. I'll lighten things. I'll, I didn't even write this down, but I'll tell you a little story. Um, more often than not, I go in the office on a Monday. Um, <clears throat> when I go in the office, I'm I'm sandwiched between um, what I would say is a member of the old guard um, and Ed. Some of you know Ed. Um, he gets a lot of mention um, these days, weirdly because of the because of the climbing. Um, so um, I had a conversation with somebody at work today, where they tried their absolute hardest, and um, I respect them for it, and I felt sorry for them at the same time. They tried their absolute hardest to na uh, navigate through the minefield of, oh, I'm surprised that you can do the climbing, being, well, I mean, because you're strong, but, because, you, you know, with, with you being... And in the end, I had to let them off the, the hook, and I was like, it, it it's fine I understand um you know I, I'm overweight it, it, it's okay to to draw attention to that it's not a surprise to me um and they were like no no I don't mean like that I mean you know you know it's like you, you see all these people doing all this climbing they're all like you know rail thin like yeah you do um but you know, points for effort. Um, so the other thing, I, the other thing I've done is I've um, I've layered it. So you know, bit of climbing, bit of something else. Um, but but we'll see when as it unfolds. So um, we're going to talk about fear. Okay. So, first things first, I need to get comfy. I'm doing the thing that I do at the start of every one of these podcasts. I'm in the wrong position. So, first, let's sort that out. Secondly, and I think you know what's coming, because it's every time, it's 10 to 10. So, what should we be doing at 10 to 10 at night? Mm. That's right, we should be drinking an iced coffee. Bear in mind, I've got to be up at quarter six in the morning. I will be regretting every single decision I've made when I get into bed later and can't sleep. So, I was going to say, where do I start? An incident on... Might have been Wednesday, might have been Saturday. Wednesday, Saturday... Uh... No. No. Okay, let me start again. Wednesday and Saturday are my main climbing days. Sometimes things change, sometimes it gets a bit weird. So, it didn't go on Wednesday... I did go on Thursday. Um, 
And I'll come I'll come back to that, but um so it was Saturday that this happened. Um I've been fighting with this particular um route. The wall leans back, which for a start is not good. Um some of the um more footholds than handholds. Some of the footholds or what become footholds after you start are not great for me. Um, it's not like you're putting your foot down on top of it. It's more you put in like at an angle on the side. There's you know there's a little bit of a kind of Spider-Man esque type thing on the go because you're like my foot's not stood on anything. Um. So there is a problem, and the problem is this: once I get so high up uh, up this wall climb route whatever you want to call it um there is a hold where every single time i get to it my foot slips off at that point i am two three four holds away from finishing it and i am probably about six foot off the ground so one of those not a lot but not nothing when you're six foot tall you know it's like i am my height off the ground sort of thing um so there's that so you have to go through that kind of uh when you're up in the air and you're leaning back and there's a lot of weight involved your foot slips off and you go uh i'm gonna die and you hold on tight hold on for dear life with your hands and put your foot back on. Now, what happened to me the other day was I put my foot back on and it slipped off. And I was like, to remove the, the rude words, F this for a game of soldiers. I just came down. So that then created this situation. And this is where the fear came in. So, obviously, it's 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 scary. It's it's a it's a fear based thing when you go. I'm so far up in the air, and my foot keeps coming off. My foot keeps slipping off. Um, it's the kind of hold that it is. Initially, it's a hand hold, and it's got like like an an, an in bit. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can put my my toes in there. But this is how people break legs. You put your foot in. It gets stuck. You fall. Broken leg. So I tried it and I was like, oh yeah, that kind of works. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. So, me and Ed worked through it. I was like, right, I've got a situation where my foot doesn't like being on there. It slips off. It's dangerous. All this up. So, we worked through it. I was like, well, you can, you know, basically just tap your foot on it to rebalance, to go up a different route, up a different way, up a different direction, aim for the middle, get your feet in there. I tried it. It was all good. Here's the problem. So, this particular climb, I haven't finished. And the reason I haven't finished it is because... I am afraid of it. And this is the subject that keeps coming up. 
when you know being controlled by this fear of I'm going to fall off. Um, working through on Saturday between myself, between Ed, um, couple of other people, there was a situation where I worked out that I could get to the second to last hold. But fear is preventing me from finishing it. There's a situation where I need to put my my right foot out to the side to put it on this tiny little chip. And I'm like, this is like, it's like the perfect storm of worst possible things. And the, the, the fear, the fear is gripping me. So... This led into some other stuff. Some other stuff I'll go on to. Um, it led on to other things, and, and I think the the recent podcasts have had this this sort of natural flow where it just like we we go forward and then we loop back and we go forward and we loop back, and by the time we get to the end, we've looped all the way back to the beginning. So I have a feeling that this one's going to go pretty much the same as that. We'll see. <clears throat> at time of recording we have now entered the spookiest season the spookiest month which is october um now we're starting to experience the temperature coming down computer is currently telling me it's 12 degrees and heavy rain um people have started having conversations about jumpers etc etc something that goes hand in hand with the temperature going down the it getting colder get chillier bearing in mind i'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt right now is the germs the germs ramp up oh the other day and on one side of me, I have a person who had been off off work sick. They had a day. It's one of those in, in today's culture. You don't have a day off sick. You have a day where you work from home sick. Which, personally, I feel is very much... A double-edged sword. If you are absolutely chock full of cold, if you've got the flu, if you've got, you know, a, a, a particular virus, shall we say, if you've got a stomach bug, if you've got any of those things, stay at home. But you may need to be near a toilet or you may need to be, you know, wrapped up in a blanket. Eight, nine times out of ten. You could probably still work. You just don't want to be spreading the germs around. That, perfectly, to me, perfectly acceptable. To stay at home. Work from home. I've done it. I've done it this year. I had a stomach bug. I got a stomach bug a few months ago. I was like, well, I'm not taking this into the office. I'll just work from home. Um, so, I, I was... Uh, 
person on the other side of me had that thing where they worked from home for a day because they were poorly, they were sick, had the flu. So when I got to work that day, I was very surprised to see that person sat at their desk. I was like, I, I, I thought you were sick. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine now, I'm fine to be in. Didn't you have the flu though? Yeah, no, I feel, I feel, I feel well enough to be in. You know when somebody says, I feel well enough to be in? All I hear, all my ears hear is, I thought I'd bring you all my germs. So instantly I go, wonderful. So I, I sat down and I was like, I'm just going to shuffle my way over over this way, away, away from you and your germs. You definitely should not be here if you are sick. A little while later, uh, somebody came and sat next to me on the other side. I was like, oh, hello. How are you? You you sound unwell. Um, oh, yeah, you know, I've just, got, I've just got a bit of something. Yeah. Didn't want to stay at home with you a bit of something? Nah, nah, I feel fine. I feel, I feel well enough to be in. It's interesting you say that you feel well enough to be in because from the moment you got here to the moment that I left, which was um, seven hours later, uh, every... mm, Let's go conservative. Every second that you're here, you're, you're, you're sniffing. Going out alone and say whatever that is, I don't want it. Um. So then, you add to the you add to that that I'm pretty sure I was thinking this the other day. I'm pretty sure that my son has never not had a cold. I think I know I know it's a child thing, and I know everybody's like, "Who oh, is a child thing?" But I'm starting to think that some of my children have have basically had the first. Four plus years where never not been sick. My middle daughter was born with a cold. Was born with a cold. That kind of set the scene there. Um so my son is like, hey. Fat man, I've got I've got a snotty nose. Can I wipe it absolutely everywhere on you? Um, shoulder of your t-shirt before you go out. That good? On on your jeans at head height. That good? I'm like cool. It's one of those that I've I've like I've started having to like get changed so far through the day because I'm like, oh yeah, this t-shirt can go in the bin. Um, so, there's that. My youngest daughter then starts with, you know when you're like, 
undiagnosed illness. So, cough, a good, healthy, repetitive cough, um, the green snot, and is just completely exhausted. So, as you know, I've, I've said in the past, I've said this before, um, at this point in time, I feel like Neo in the Matrix dodging bullets, and those bullets are germs. And I just know the the point that I'm uh, that I don't the the point I least expect it. I'm going to get absolutely shot in the face with one of those germ bullets, and that'll be the end of me. It's yeah, it's just one of them. I know it's, you know, we're going into that time of year. I know it's time of year for it. But. I'll tell you this one. This one for, for nothing. During the pandemic, the first thing I used to do when I walked through the door, if I'd been out of the house, the first thing, number one thing I used to do, walk through the door, was wash my hands. Obviously, during the pandemic, there was very much a, a very em, much of an emphasis on washing your hands, you know, touching surfaces with germs, blah blah blah. And I think there was this thing at a certain point, probably quite early on, about if you go out when when you come in, wash your hands. I'll tell you this. Recently, I've started coming in and wash my hands again. First thing I do when I get through the door, wash my hands, because I'm like, my hands just feel grimy. You know when you've been out of the house and you haven't touched anything and you get home, you're like, I need to wash my hands because they feel grimy. Um, so, yes. Um, I went to climbing on Thursday. And... Um, I went on my own, which apparently I want to say it's the first time. Part of me thinks it's the second time. It's not important. What what I'm saying is not a common occurrence. So I know that I've got an hour. I've got a good solid hour. So I get there and I go to the. I go to do my warm-up. Now, my warm-up is go to all the climbs that I know that I can just do. I don't have to work at it in, in the sense of, you know, oh, I can't do this, or oh, I'm at the last one of that, but whatever. And just go and do them. Climb up, climb down, done. Move on to the next one. Climb up, climb down, done. The issue you've got in this situation is if you've got an hour and there's five climbs that you can do, and you can basically get up there, up and down in like 90 seconds, let's say. I can't do the quick mental math there, but what would be five? Uh, like seven and a half minutes, is that right? You're done with your warm-up. So, you know, I'm done with my warm-up. Now it's time to get into the into the nitty-gritty of it. So you go, and you go to the one, you know, the number one that you've been struggling with. And you try and do it, and you can't do it. So you go, okay. And you try and do it again, and you can't do it. You try and do it again, and you can't do it. 
So then you go, maybe I should try something else. So you go to a different one. You try it and you can't do it. Then you go to a different colour. Well, I know I can't do this, but maybe I can practice elements of this. And you practice elements, you try things, and then you get scared because you've done the beginning and you're like, I don't know what to do, I need an adult. So you've got that aspect. Then you realise you've been there for 20 minutes and you're probably done and you could probably go home because you're in a position where it's like, well, I'm not going to do the ones I know I can do again because I'm not gaining anything there, but everything else I'm looking at I know I can't do. So now what do I do? Now what am I supposed to do? There was an aspect where I was like, oh, I could leave, I could I could go home a bit earlier, it gives me a jump on the day, it gives me a head start, it means I can get jobs at home and stuff done. But then it became this thing where I was like, is this it? Is this it for me? Is this my limit? And I was like, this was always bound to happen. It was always going to come along. It's just, as a, as a pastime, as a hobby, as a whatever, there are a lot of elements that are for me, but there are also a lot of elements that aren't for me. Um... So ultimately, there is going to re- there's going to come a point in time, there's going to come a barrier where I have to either say, I'm going to commit to this and push through the barrier, or this is the end of the road for me. So I'm like, is this it? Is this where we are? Is this where we've reached? We've reached that plateau already, and it's time to, you know, hang up the climbing shoes and, and walk away into the sunset. So, I'm like, I've got an idea. What if I try and do the ones that I know that I can't do? But the ones that, because I know I can't do them, I never try them. I never go back to them. I look at them and I go, you are absolutely no use to me. I know I can't do you. I don't need to bother. So, I'm looking around the room. I'm like, no, no. No. And then I saw one. I went, hey, I've never been able to do you because I can't do the beginning. The beginning is very, for me, very complicated. It's a lot of hanging on and not being able to move on because it's like this, like there's like a pinching motion and, and this sort of stuff. I was like, you, you are perfect to have a go because I tried you two or three times a while ago realized that not only could I not do you, I was never going to be able to do this one. So, that was the end of that. I went over, gave it a try, nothing. Gave it a try, nothing. Gave it a try, nothing. I was like, what did we expect was going to happen here? What did, what did we think was going to be different here? Then I had an idea. I was like, okay. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Maybe the way I think it should be done, the way I'm pretty sure I was told it should be done. What if that's not the way for me to do it? What if the way for me to do it is to put my hand upside down, twist it around in a different way, pull in close and try and do it that way? 
Okay, give that a try. I tried all these different methods, found a, a way to be able to do the start, the very first hold. I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. So I'm like, okay, so how do I get to the next bit? How do I get to the next hold? So I was like, okay, it's like this and do this. And that bit wasn't working quite right. So I was like, okay, I need to go back to the drawing board. How can I do it? And I just spent a bit of time looking at this particular hold. And I knew that once I got past the start, it was smooth sailing. It was plain sailing. But it was never a thing for me because I couldn't do the beginning. Well, at this point, I could do the beginning. I just couldn't do the next bit. So I worked on it. I looked at it. I when you're there on a on a morning at half six in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, you can stand and stare at a climb for as long as you want. No, you're not in anybody's way. Eventually, I worked out that if I started in a particular way and then twisted my hand over to go another way and pulled myself right into the wall, I had enough to get through the first two holds. And after that, it was going uh, vertically up the wall. So vertically off up the wall I go. And again, it's another one of those I got second to last hold. Couldn't work out what to do because I'd spent so much time on the start, and it was and it was um, it was difficult. I kind of burnt myself out. Then I panicked and was like, "I, I need to come down. I, I, I'm going to have to come down." So I came down, having got one hold away from finishing. Um, at another point in time, uh, I tried it again. Did it, but used the the wrong foothold. Um, and then I have since uh, completed the climb, uh, and I've managed to do it a couple of times since. Um, but it was interesting. I was stood in the middle of this place, mostly on my own, standing there, going, "Is this the end?" Is this it for me? Are we done here? What was the point to this? Was this just all a waste of time? Why have I done this to myself? Why have I got myself in this position? And and heading down that, I suppose it's like a darker path. It's that, uh, why do I bother? Um, to then reach a point of going, oh, actually, no. I... Excuse me. I was successful at something. I did something. I achieved something. I got past something. I broke through a barrier. I did all of this. Um, so, what I will say is this. I, I'm supposed to be going Wednesday morning. To my knowledge, I'm going Wednesday morning. Um, there's new things to climb. Um, I did a... I did a, um, they reset some of the climbs on a Friday. So Saturday morning is a crucial time. Everybody's there trying out all the new stuff. I get there on Saturday morning. I'm like, ooh, look at all the new yellow. Yellow's my bag. Yellow's my jam. Yellow's my color. Like, look at all these new yellows. This is fantastic. 
while simultaneously knowing I am absolutely not going to be getting anywhere near them because of what Saturday morning is like. The new stuff is where everyone wants to be. And all the old stuff is where nobody wants to be, which is nice because that's where I can go. Got to about, it was just before half ten, and I was saying to Ed, I was like, right, I need to go. I need to go and pick all the children up. Um, and Ed was like, just do that that new yellow there, and then you say you've done a new one. I'm like, no, 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 there's all these people hanging around. I don't want to do that. So like, it doesn't matter, just go and do it. I was like, no, because there's people and they'll be watching, and I don't want to do it. Because, you know, people. He was like, no, just go and do it. I was like, oh, right, fine. It was like, look at it this way. If you go over there and you manage to do that without having seen anybody else do it, without any help and guidance, and just doing it off your own back, that's a big achievement. Um, and it's something to be able to, you know, tell other people. I was like, fine, whatever, that's not going to happen, but fine. I went over, steadied myself. I had to put it all to the back of my mind that people were watching and I just had to go for it. As it was, I did manage to finish it the first time with no help or guidance or anybody demoing it for me. And I managed to get down without killing myself. So I kind of walked away like, huh, check that out. Um, there, was so <laughs> there was something else that happened. Um... Uh, this is an embarrassing situation for me. Um, I am not. I am not proud of this situation. It is embarrassing for me, but I feel it's worth mentioning. So I've got this. As I mentioned before, I've got this climb that I can't do, and it leans back and all this. But one thing I can do, one thing I do know, is that I can do the start because not only as um, as Ed been through it with me other people have been through it with me like oh you need to start it like this don't start it like that I'm stood with my middle daughter on Saturday she was having to go on something and I turned around and I was like oh there's a couple of people over trying that one that I can't do it'll be interesting to see if they can do it and they couldn't start it they couldn't get it started. They couldn't work out where to put their feet. Couldn't work out the best combination. They were trying to do the thing that looks natural and seems natural, but is actually wrong. The reason being is that the way you start isn't advertised as such. So I'm watching these people and I was like, oh man, what, what's the etiquette here? What, what do you do? Because they're clearly struggling. They, they could not get it started. They could not do it. And they were like, there was points where they were like running and jumping at it. And I'm like, that's not the answer. So in the end, I walked over and I was like, uh, sorry, but um, you, you need to put your left foot there and your right foot there. And that's how you start that. Uh, it's a little it's a little deceptive because it doesn't tell you that and it, there's no indicators of that but that is the way to do it and they're like oh right okay look, that's great thank you very much yeah. um and i walked away and i was like oh, man i feel like one way to look at it is i helped some people do something that they weren't able to do another way to look at it is 
I interfered and offered advice when they hadn't asked. So I was a bit like, eh, I don't know if that was the right thing. <sighs> so. Had to deal with a situation at the weekend. Um, my eldest has been working towards being able to afford something. Um, that is a loose, very loose way of saying uh, I needed my daughter to do a couple of jobs to justify me paying out the best part of 60 quid for her to do something. I don't think that was unreasonable. So that's that. Um, my two other daughters wanted to do something very similar um, whereas my youngest daughter's is a bit more covered than my middle daughter's from a money perspective it's still not free at the end of the day um, so there was a lot of money to pay out of the weekend so the People could have a nice time and people can enjoy things. I'll, I'll leave it there. So, having spent a large amount of money, there's, uh, there's usually something that goes hand in hand when, you know, you buy something for somebody or you pay for somebody to do something or, you know, any of those sorts of combinations. There's usually something that goes with that. And that is a thank you. So I was like, there's various points in time that my children can say thank you. Straight away, probably best. When they're finished doing their activity, perfectly acceptable. When we get home from said activity, still acceptable. Finally, before going to bed. It's a little bit late in the day, but it's at the end of the day and it's the opportunity to say, hey, I just want to say thank you very much for today. I appreciate it. That sort of thing. So when each of those markers passes, you go, okay, well, you know, it's fine. Then then they didn't say it, but there's still time. And then bit later and the next marker comes round and, and they don't say anything and you're like it's fine that, that, that wasn't the time to say it it's fine and then the next marker comes round and the next marker comes round and then everybody's gone to bed and you're sat there Saturday night absolutely seething because you're like was it really that difficult to say thank you was it really that hard to say thank you, was it really putting you out to say, hey, you spent a small fortune on me today, I appreciate it. <sighs> but it doesn't end there, does it? So, the next day, pretty much 24 hours later, 
Um, bringing up with my daughter, my eldest daughter, and I'm like, I mentioned the thing in passing, um, and I, I mentioned, so no, I mentioned the job, one of the jobs that she'd done to get me to pay for this thing. I was like, oh, I hope that job's a good job. Have you done that job well? Because, you know, I don't want to regret paying out all that money that I paid out yesterday. And I got, uh. I was like, you know what? Sod it. I was like, which you still haven't thanked me for. And I got a lot of, my favorite phrase at the moment is hemming and hawing. Uh, I got a lot of hemming and hawing and a lot of like, like the, you know, like the start of an excuse, like that sort of stuff. And then I got what has to be the lamest thank you in history. Which I then jumped all over with like, oh yeah, thanks, whatever, yeah, cheers. And then got nothing back from that. So there was another point in time, something completely different happened. There was a conversation about a piece of jewellery. A piece of jewellery that had been bought for my eldest. Uh, she's getting to that age where she's like, you know, a bit of jewellery, bit, um, bit of makeup, bit of dressing up, that sort of stuff. And I'm like, if that's what you want to do, you do that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. If that's what you want to do, go nuts. Um, but there was this piece of jewellery that she'd been bought, and it was very, very expensive. Like, you know, when something's too expensive, when something's crossed a boundary, and you say things like well it's a one-off well it's a special occasion it's a special gift it's you know that sort of stuff to kind of justify the expense what made it worse not my expense i didn't buy it so the first day she wore it it broke that's one of those. It's a simple thing. It was a piece of jewellery and it was delicate and it was in a, she was in a situation and it got broken. It was nobody's fault. It was repairable. So, as a parent, I was disappointed, but not in her. I was disappointed in the situation, but I was like, hey, it's okay. We'll fix it. So she put it in the car. She said, I'm going to put it here for now. And I said, that's okay. Just do not forget to take it in the house so that I can fix it and you can put it away. Do not forget. That was July. And as I said earlier, we've just ticked over into October. She was reminded at a particular point in time to 
bring it out of the car because it was still in the car. Because it needs taken inside, it needs fixing, it needs to be put away. Oh yes, I'll do that. Like I said, it was October. There it is, October. And was finally removed from the car. Now, annoyed, yes. Angry, yes, actually, by this point, I am. It's a complete disregard for a, a very nice gift that was very expensive, which is for her, which she essentially doesn't care about. So it made its way into the house and then got dumped on a table. So, me being me, I'm like, hmm, not sure, not sure that's okay. So I was like, oh, there's the piece of jewellery that you bought. The very expensive piece of jewellery that you bought that broke and you were supposed to bring inside and you've done absolutely nothing with it. And I might as well have been saying to her, hey, there's that sweet wrapper from that sweet you ate. She couldn't have given any less of a shit. So, yet again, because this is not the first time this subject has come up. I get the very distinct feeling it will not be the last time, but it's not even the first, second or third time this has come up. I'm going to have to have a, sit, uh, a situation where I'm going to have to deal with all of my children, where I'm going to have to sit them down and be like, look, here's a list of things that are not okay. Here's a list of things that you've done recently. Do you think those two lists match? Do you think these two columns are exactly the same as each other? Ultimately, what I've, I've realised, what I've had to take on board, is that my children are spoilt. Um, and there's been a distinct shift in the house recently. Um, it's probably it's, it's probably a lot to go into at this point in time. I've still got stuff I want to talk about. Um but, um, yeah, there's been a, there's been a shift in the house. There's, you know, things are going to change. Um, my mother used to say that all the time. Things are going to have to change. Uh, and it was one of those things that was said that much that it just became a running joke. Me and me and my sister used to be like, "Oh, the thing's going to change." Um, so as I was talking about before the body is broken um, when will it have been Saturday evening maybe um, I'll rattle through the list of problems uh, and if you like I'll start from the bottom where we're Big toe, right foot. Pain on the outside. Not entirely sure what from. It's not like it's not an ingrowing toenail kind of thing. 
Think that there's a possibility it's connected to my climbing shoes because of the way they pinch your feet. Don't know for sure. Uh, developed ankle pain in my right ankle, which was badly affecting me Saturday and yesterday. Not as bad today. I'm still aware of it, though. Uh, left knee. Left knee is, at this point in time, completely shot. Moving up, um, I've basically got a thing where I think it's either a trapped nerve or a, a pulled muscle, but I think it's like an entire group of muscles. So basically, it starts in my right wrist, goes all the way through my arm, to the up into the shoulder, then it goes into the shoulder blade, and it is the entire shoulder blade right side this is and it is that painful that do you know when you have that thing where it's painful uh, you've got pain in your back so it's coming through to the front and stops you from being able to breathe properly i think that's it But it's not nothing, and it hurts. Um, there has been a variety of things recently. There's been stuff where, like I say, my left knee, where I'm like, I don't think my left knee works anymore. So I have to wear a knee support for a variety of different things, running being the main one. I've reached a point where I'm like, am I going to have to stop doing certain exercises? Is it going to reach a point? At the end of the day, me running at the weight I am, that's no good. It's no good for the body. Has that caught up with me? Um, the foot ankle thing, that's almost definitely going to be climbing related. The whole right arm, right side of the torso issue is A climbing based and b dog walking based um and a big sort of falling out with the dog yesterday and today um uh, like a bit more today than anything because i was in so much pain today by the time I got home, I was like, oh, man, that pain in my right shoulder has, has eased. Thank the maker. I then walked the dog, and I managed to get 20 yards from the house before I was in excruciating pain and was like, I can't have you causing me to be in this much pain. Um, so... Yeah, body's broken. Um, something that might directly relate to that, something that's been going on for a little while now, is stepped on the scales this morning, pleased to a report, put on two pounds this week. Um, as far as the weight's concerned, I think I have now resigned myself to the fact that I am never going to lose this weight. It is physically impossible. No matter what I do, I cannot get past this point. I have tried and 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 ultimately it's not possible. So 
I think I might just stop weighing myself. It's a pointless endeavour. Ultimately, within about a £7 range, I'm going to be one of those seven weights. So I'll just work to that and stop weighing myself. Because it is truly depressing at times like today when you step on the scales. Like, oh, I'm £2 heavier than last week. That's wonderful. Will I be £2 heavier next week? And then will I be £4 lighter the week after? Who knows? Anybody? Finally, I want to talk about something that happened to me in the last week, let's say. I'll explain it, obviously. Um, As some of you may know, some of you may not know. As some of you may know, this is not the only podcast on the CookieCast Network. For a, a tiny little podcast, unseen podcast, we have a lot of podcasts. Uh, let me see if I can rattle them off. Um, the Darkest Timeline, shockingly. Football podcast. Uh, Getting Over, which is the wrestling podcast. Um, Laces Out, which is the NFL podcast. Uh uh, and then Straight to the Apex, which is the Formula One podcast. Uh, there were previously other ones. Um, there was movies, um, zombies, beer, um, avocados. Um, those podcasts have kind of, I don't know what you call them, slipped away for now. Um, so there was more and up and down and variety of different things at different times. But those, was it five that I mentioned are, are the core, the ones that have stuck around. Some of them being in their sixth season. Um, so this is not the only podcast. Um, if you didn't know that, maybe check out some of the other podcasts. A little bit of a plug there for Um I was listening to a podcast the other day. It may or may not be one of the five I've listed. Um, And I was listening to it and I was enjoying it greatly. And then I was mentioned and I went, oh, no, this will be this will be bad. And they were like, oh, you know, there's um, they're like. Uh, and Andy does this, that, and the other for the podcast, um, and, in, and then you know, and I was like, oh no, oh no, they're they're gonna say something bad, and then I'm gonna have to deal with that, and I, and, and I'm gonna feel bad. Oh no, I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna be awful. Um, and it get it was getting closer and closer to, oh no, here it comes, here comes the bad thing. And then the, they said, uh, and Andy's got, uh, and he's got the Darkest Timeline podcast. I was like, oh no. And they were like, and initially, I thought it was just a bit weird. I was like, ah, flip. And then they went on to say, um, however, 
when you boil it down, uh, the Darkest Timeline podcast is a podcast about mental health. Um, and they went on to give a description of this podcast. And I was like, oh my word. It's the first time that somebody outside of me has described this podcast to other people or somebody else. And they absolutely nailed it on. And I was like, I said, I'd, I'd sent a message. I was like, just want to say, you know, a few, few feedback notes for your podcast. Um, and it's weird because I said in my message, I was like, I want to tell you this. The first 10 to 20 minutes of that podcast could be the most important podcast of our generation. I was like, that is not me being sarcastic. That is not me joking. That is not anything like that. That is me being as genuine as I possibly can be. The first 10 to 20 minutes of that podcast could possibly be the most important content of our generation. Uh, I was like, also, I just want to say, you mentioned my podcast, and I can safely say that I, I feel seen. Uh, I was like, you are the first person to voice that you actually get what this podcast is about. Um. I felt quite touched. I felt quite emotional about it. Um, because, you know, some people would just go, oh, is that that guy that moans about parking or bad driving or, you know, what's wrong with the human race? But it's somebody who's actually taken the time to look past all of that to see what it's actually about. Um, so I'll say this. Uh... Check out the Formula <laughs> Check out the Formula One podcast because uh, sometimes it's not just about Formula One. That there is the week. The week that was. Now let's talk entertainment. Um, TV wise, I watched uh, episode six, seven, and eight. Eight being the last episode. Um, of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, season 16. What I will say is this. I think I alluded to this previously. Um, series 16 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia feels very much like the 16th series of a 16-series program. And I honestly didn't think it would because it's never felt like that up to this point in time. You know, you weren't there in Series 12 going, no, man, this show is over. There were a couple of points where I was like, yeah, I think we're done here. I think we can let this go now. It's, it's run its course. <sighs> However, there are... Two episodes at the end of the series, episode seven and eight. Episode seven is a, it's the best way to say it is it's a bowling episode. Very heavy, um, big Lebowski references. Um, however, the other, like the main subject matter is about essentially the difference between men and women. 
Um, and there are th- there are things in it that I feel have been directly lifted from some Bill Burr stand up because it's like, whoo, some of the subject matter is it, it's a little close. <laughs> um, whilst you know simultaneously being um, quite funny. Um, episode eight of series 16 is possibly one of the finest half hours of television there has ever been so if you take six of eight episodes you're a bit like eh, it's series 16 after all episode seven great episodes a fantastic episode and then you've got episode eight which is a masterpiece now then, there's a small caveat here. And the caveat is, I think the reason that I enjoyed it so much is I see a little bit too much of myself in that episode. Um, it's a very Dennis-heavy episode. It almost feels like the rest of the cast were like, we're taking the day off, we'll see you later. Um, so it's a very Dennis-heavy episode, and obviously Dennis has certain traits which I just turned all the way up to 11 in this episode. It is phenomenal. If you're a fan, if you're not, even if you're not a fan, just go and take in the absolute masterpiece that is that episode. It is a true commentary of the world the way it is currently. It's beautiful. Um, in some ways, sticking with a theme, um, I watched the first episode of season two of Welcome to Wrexham. Um, so obviously you've got the Rob McElhenney connection there. Um, I'm going to tell you a secret, okay? This stays between us. Do not tell Paul Williams I said this. I watched the first episode of Wrexham, and I went, I know the outcome of this series. So I don't really want to watch this anymore. So there was that. Series one was very much the plucky little team that could. I already know the outcome of the second series. And that's really taking something away from it as a show. So I was like, I don't know if I necessarily care as much as I did in the first series. Um, let's let's stick with it and see. Um, I think I must have forgotten, or it may not have been the case, but... These episodes run, a, or what feels like they run a lot longer than the previous season. Doesn't help things. And then there was something that happened. I don't think this is a spoiler. You can quite happily go and get this information for yourself. And if you've got no interest, then you can just skip this bit. So, there we go. Cards on the table. There's a point in time where they're going on about part of their stadium needs rebuilding. It's old, it's falling down, it's falling apart, they need to rebuild it. 
So they have requested a grant, a sports grant. They want twenty million pounds from the UK government. It's a grant, it's a charity thing, it's a, a sports grant, it's designed to help sports. They reach a point where they go, look, we can't wait at this point in time. So we're just going to go ahead and knock the, it's called the cop. We're going to knock it down. So that's what they do. And then they find out that they're not getting the grant. And my reaction to this was, Good! Hang on a minute. Why is a football club requesting £20 million from the UK government? Because it's not the UK government, is it? It's the UK taxpayer, i.e. this guy, i.e. you guys, i.e. not the millionaires that own the club. Explain that one to me, if you could. So I was like, I'm glad you didn't get 20 million quid of UK taxpayer money for the football stadium that you bought knowing full well the state it was in it was round about that point in time I went I don't think I need to watch this anymore I know the outcome of the season and that's really flipping annoyed me so if you're here for the uh, season 2 each episode of Welcome to Wrexham run down shall we say you might be out of luck last week i alluded to a film that i was watching that i hadn't finished so i couldn't review and yes it is a new film new to me not new to everybody else um i was watching the many saints of newark Or as it's known, the film that's a prequel to The Sopranos. I'm not sure where to start with this one. Because like a lot of things, for me, it's a bit of a weird one. It's not something that I rushed out to the cinema to see. It's not something that I even rushed to watch when I knew that it was on Prime. It was something I was aware of. Something I wasn't entirely sure how I felt. Some aspects about it I felt yay. And some aspects about it I felt nay. Aspects I felt yay about. Um, it's got James Gandolfini's son in playing... Young Tony Soprano, big fan of that, big fan of that. Plus, he looks like his dad would have done when he was young. Bonus. Um, 
I knew from reading the book that Joey Diaz was in it. Big yay. Here's some of the nays. Um, I expected it to be... Here's how Tony Soprano became to- the Tony Soprano that we know. And that's in there. But it takes a back seat to a series of characters that we don't really know. And then it's like, oh, but then there's these other characters that you do know, but they're on the periphery. So the main story is about characters we don't know. Now, I understand that's perfectly acceptable. But then you've got the whole young Tony Soprano taking a back seat in the film. You've got that it's obviously set in the past, so it's at a particular time, and there are certain things going on at that point in time. So you've got that going on. There's a thing, and I've got to I've got to say it. Ray Liotta's in it. Ray Liotta's in it. I'm fine with that. I like Ray Liotta. I'm sad that he passed. He's in it. He plays character. That character is is subsequently killed. Spoilers. That's that. I'm like. That feels a bit strange because it was quite early on in the film. Feels odd. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be a big deal. I was like, I do wonder, you know, how close to his death was this? You know, maybe that was, you know, maybe that was part of it. You never know. Two minutes later, what is probably the main character of the film goes to visit... The, the character that Ray Liotta played goes to visit his brother who is played by Ray Liotta absolutely no mention whatsoever of oh you know he's got a twin brother until he goes to see him and there he is and I'm like what are we doing here then this is weird the I think what I wanted, having seen it, is I wish it wasn't a Sopranos prequel. I kind of wish it had been more standalone. I kind of wish it was just a film, just a here's a you know a, a mob gangster movie from the what will it be fifties, sixties, whatever. Um. And and not have that Sopranos connection. Um, it wasn't not a lot happened to say that it was just this this in some ways standalone move. Not a lot happened, and it didn't link in enough. With the Sopranos to kind of make it worthwhile. 
And then there was something that was like super anticlimactic towards the back end. You kind of, the film kind of led you down this path of it was gearing up for this big, like, big climax at the end of the film. And you'd be like, yeah. And then it just kind of spluttered out. And you were like, is that it? Is that, is that that? And it was. And you were like, oh. So. I'm not right. This is one of those. I'm not saying it was a bad film. It wasn't. I think I just struggled to know what it was we were actually doing. I was a bit like, what is this? So just it was it just just a bit odd. Just a bit like okay, I guess. Computer games wise, bit uh, again like the like the film this week. Uh, computer games wise, a bit of a weird one. I had the uh, I had the amazing idea that I was going to buy for the fourth time uh, No Man's Sky, and when I say bought for the fourth time, that's not true. Bought for the third time, owned for the fourth time. I'm pretty sure I have it on Game Pass. No, um, the other PlayStation doofer. I could get it for £20. Not a lot of money in game terms when they want 70 or 80 quid for new games. So there's that. On the flip side, it'll be the fourth time of shelling out money for it. So I was a bit like, 20 quid's a lot. Especially when you don't have it. I was like, hang on a minute. I've got a great idea. What I can do is I can get a Game Pass for cheap. And subsequently uh, get No Man's Sky and be able to play Starfield for a month. Bing, bang, bong. Half price. Job's done. More games. Winner. So this is what I did. Starfield is the weirdest game. No. What I've been saying to people is it's the oddest game I think I've ever played. Um, me and Bethesda do not get on. We are not friends. Um, it's that simple. Bethesda have made some of my favourite games of all time. As you will remember, I was playing a Bethesda game up until, I don't know, about a week ago. So to go on to play another Bethesda game, you'd think that would make sense. Other than, Bethesda can't make good games. It's physically impossible for them. They just can't do it. It's not in their DNA anymore. They can't do that. So, let's see if this sounds like something that you want to do. Starfield is a game set in space. It has shooting in it. You can shoot with a gun. You walk around, you've got a gun. You shoot people. And you can get in your spaceship and you can fly around in space. Okay. We're on the same page. Yes. Good. So, let's take that structure, those elements, and let's take systematically take out of that all the stuff you would actually want. Can I fly my spaceship into space? Yes. 
Well, no, I can't fly it into space. I can tell my spaceship I want to go into space and it'll do it for me. Can I fly around in space? Yes, can. Can I shoot spaceships? Yes, can. Not very often. Uh, once I get into space, can I fly to other planets? Absolutely. Well, actually, no. You can tell the spaceship you want to go to another planet or to another galaxy or another star system and your spaceship will do that for you. So there's that. Can I fly down to a planet once I get there? Yes, absolutely can. Well, no, you you tell your spaceship where you want to go on the planet and it flies you there for you. So so there's that. Um Okay, well let's scratch all of that. Once once we're on the planet, what do we do? Well, it's usually like a lot of like finding people who have done bad things or have done wrong and uh, bring them to justice, mostly by killing them. Okay, how could we go about doing that? Well, it's going to be guns, isn't it? It's not. We're not talking Skyrim or Oblivion or something like that. So it's going to be guns. Obviously, we've got the. Uh, you know, that, that age-old problem of, you know, always carrying too much. Uh, this new and improved method of always carrying too much is now that affects how much oxygen you use or have or need or whatever. Okay, let's get down to the shooting, the nitty-gritty of the game. You only want to bring some bad guys to justice. You are going to shoot them dead. The shooting is... Terrible. It is so incredibly bad that it is beyond baffling to me that it even exists. It has to be some of the worst shooting in any game I've ever played. So, Bethesda have managed to create this massive game it's too big for the xbox one can't have it on the xbox one you have to use cloud gaming to play it so it looks like a bag of dicks so you've got a game that doesn't look great doesn't play amazing you've taken out all of the good stuff where it comes to flight space travel and all of that you've taken it all out physically removed it from the game and as far as running around and shooting things the shooting is truly awful that's the game. That's it. If you want to, you know, talk to people for nine hours, there's plenty of that. It is by a long way one of the weirdest games I've ever played. I did download and have played No Man's Sky. Every single person on the face of the earth will tell you that No Man's Sky is better now. It's better than it was when it was released. That's true. Categorically true. However, better than when it was released wasn't very good when it was released. In fact, it was terrible. Now, it's better than it was when it was released. That doesn't mean it's good, though. 
No Man's Sky, from the day it was released to this moment in time, had one simple problem. It doesn't tell you what to do well enough. So it'll say, "Eh, you need to kind of go and do a thing. You know, it might be over there. If you go over there, you might be able to work it out. If you can't work it out, well, tough. Oh, by the way, feel free to Google it because you won't be able to find the answer on Google. Good luck. Oh, uh, going back to Starfield, the map system is one of, if not the worst map system ever, as is the waypoint I have spent more time wandering around lost trying to get to a waypoint and then going, oh, look on the map. Oh, that's right. The map's completely useless. Then I think I've spent doing anything in that game. I was playing No Man's Sky for quite a bit because I was like, apparently it's good. Um, I am cheating on it as well. There is a new thing on No Man's Sky where you can change a load of the settings to make the game more playable for you. I have done that, and it's slightly better. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. What I can say is this. There are games coming out this month, actual real-life games coming out this month, and I have absolutely no way of by being able to afford those games. So, you know, winner, winner. Anyway, I've rambled on enough. I've been here far too long. Look at that. Look at that. That's a really long time. I'll let you good people go. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being here. And I will catch you next time. So, there we go. What do you think of that? Whew, it was a long one. Uh, trust me, that is not what she said. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this, the podcast. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe, comment, leave a review where you can leave a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There you will find social media links and an email button, and you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening. Thank, Thank you for listening to Cookie Cast.